Hello, and welcome to an intro to Anthro with Two Humans. I'm human number one, John McRae. And I'm uh, human number two, John Lear. <laughs> and this is the podcast where we reassess what it means to be human. And the title of this episode is Pinkies Up, Elbows Down, A Good and Proper Look at Table Manners. Yes. <laughs> no anthropological show is complete without a right. study of table manners. Right. We are going to look at the history and the significance of dining etiquette today, John. <laughs> um, I love it. And and I think we should point out uh, that we are uh, taping this episode on uh, Super Bowl Sunday, Right, right. So our listeners know they're in the future. They know who won. Yeah. We both have our Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> you know, we look, we know the Chiefs are uh, hated now by everyone. Right. Because they're winners. Yeah. And um, we, we didn't, we're happy about that because you and I went through years and years <laughs> yeah, of pain. Yeah, five decades of pain. So, yeah. <laughs> like, I think we put in the work. You know yeah, what I mean? Exactly. I could take a... A few years of people like uh, the Chiefs being the villain. So we were I know born, how it feels. Yes, uh, yeah. Were you <laughs> born in 1965? Uh, 66. Okay, 66. So you, I was. You were born on Super Bowl two, right? And I was born on Super Bowl one, and <clears throat> right. uh, they won Super Bowl four, and then 50 years later, <laughs> so we're like, yeah. yeah, we're thrilled that people. And uh, just, I'm sorry to interrupt the broadcast. I just want to say that just because I think it's, it's pertinent. Oh yeah. And and I would like to say, regardless of who wins, I, I love the Taylor Swift thing. More Taylor, the better. I want her to have a podium at the podium after the game. I want her to give a full report. Yeah. I'm all for it. Yeah, I want her to talk after. <laughs> I want her to say what she was going through. Like I, yes. you know, I I get Andy Reid, but you know, it's like, yeah. like, yeah. Thanks, Andy. Get get off the podium. Get get Taylor up here. I want to hear her what she thought. I mean, it's all valid, is all I'm saying. And and yeah. I support it too because it's just to see those young kids in love. You know, I just know. a little more love in life. Like, I why know. is everybody so unhappy? You know. Well, but, yeah. Anyway. All right. Sorry to interrupt. Okay. Uh, so, and, and also if they do lose, don't tell us <laughs> next week because we probably turned it off before the game yeah. was over and we're in the sense of denial, pretending like they may have come back in the last 20 seconds. It's and won so the game. true. Yeah. Uh, just let us be oblivious. Yeah. I mean, it was 50 years, 50 years. We <laughs> oblivious for a while. Uh, so anyway, before we go on with the actual episode, Pinkies up, elbows down. I just have to put out a disclaimer for okay, this one. Good. And in all the research I did to prepare for this episode, I didn't see anybody ever saying that when you drink tea, you're supposed to put your pinky up. Okay. Really? <laughs> right, right. Uh, in fact, Eileen Donahue on her website, the afternoon, afternoon tea expert, uh, she emphatically states that holding your pinky up while drinking tea does not make you look cute, does not make you look posh, and it is not the correct way to drink tea. I agree. And it serves no purpose. You're not not counterbalancing that tea cup with the, um, yeah. Right. It serves absolutely no purpose. That's interesting. So maybe it came, it's so funny 
to put yeah. your tea out and drink. Maybe it came from a comedian or something. Well, making well, fun she, of being posh. Yeah, yeah. I think that's what it was. It was being satirical. But the she says the reason it may have come about was uh, back in the old days when English middle class and upper class had servants that maybe they held, they didn't want to touch what the servants had touched. So it was making fun of the fact of them just kind of holding on with like a couple fingers in their thumb. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, God, so really? Yeah, you look like a jerk. <laughs> yeah, what are they afraid the servants are doing? I don't know. I don't, no yeah. telling what the servants really were doing. To yeah, that, well, that's yeah. true. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've worked in the service industry. <laughs> No, it's like okay. You want to <laughs> not, not give me one Saturday off a month? I'll show you. You know, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Where those yeah, spoons. Don't ever, speaking of manners, don't ever send your food back. Right. I think right. I think we've discussed that on on the yeah. podcast before, but don't ever do it. Yeah, Ugh. and somebody actually in one of these etiquette books said that too. It's like unless <laughs> absolutely necessary, do not do it. Do not do, do it. Do not. It is never absolutely necessary. <laughs> you can eat on the way home. You yeah, know what I mean? exactly. Just don't go back to that restaurant. You don't want your you know fillet of soul or <laughs> whatever to get like abused back in the uh, oh I've back seen in some the, the kitchen. I've seen some yeah. horrible. We've both worked in kitchens and restaurants. <laughs> We've seen some horrible things. Everybody's like, no, that doesn't really happen. And I'm yeah. here to tell you. Yeah, I <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and then also Donahay says that the other thing, it may have been when people, English people first started drinking tea, they drank it out of little cups <clears throat> without handles on them. So she thinks that maybe at that time in like the 16, 1700s, you would hold that little cup with two fingers and your thumb and people didn't know what to do with their little the extra finger, the ring oh, finger. Oh, so it was like, like Chinese teacups. Right, right. Mm -hmm. So she thinks right. it may have come from that. But again, don't do it now. Right. But but the reason I put it out there is, uh, look, I know it's incorrect. So I don't want anybody to say like, well, in your title of your episode, oh, <laughs> you said pinkies up. And I don't want any like real, real uh, manners experts contacting us and saying, hey, you guys, you know, you haven't even got through your title and, and it's already. already. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I feel like you've covered your bases pretty good here. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, what I wanted to say is, you know, I originally had two other working titles to this episode. Mm. And one was called Mist Manners, like M I S S E D M A N N E R S, which was playing on Miss Manners, who's the yes, advocate. Yes, of course. And then I somehow I got off on a, a Beatles tangent and I had, she's got etiquette to ride. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so anyway, but I, so last night I was, I, I was just, this whole, this whole pun part of you, I've never known. Like, I, I, yeah, I've never been you. into puns at all. I've never been into puns Fantastic. at all. Fantastic. I've never been into social media and this podcast is. I know. You we're. Can, you're you're our social media maven <laughs> on this show. Yeah, I've never done I've never done puns and I've never done social media until about four months ago. If, if you if you're new to this podcast or or and uh, do yourself a favor and subscribe to our Instagram and our hmm. Facebook because Mr. McRae, Professor McRae, <laughs> is throwing some stuff up there that is hilarious. 
and and information and informational yeah infotainment infotainment look look, i'm not throwing out like you know empty calories out there these are (laughs) these are real this is something to chew on when you get it (laughs) yes uh but anyway last night right before i went to bed and it was late because uh we had been up watching movies but uh so last night i'm laying in bed the lights are out and uh, and I decided to try out these two <laughs> these two working titles to my wife Mary. And uh, as you know, Mary uh, has an MFA in poetry from Sarah Lawrence College. Amazing! Yeah, please uh, check her out. We uh, we support her. We endorse right, uh, right. Mary Mary yeah. Ladd. <clears throat> uh, very good. Like her poetry is amazing. Really funny. Amazing. Really creative. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so. You know, I, I respect her opinion when it comes to stuff. So I, I threw out those, those two working titles, just silence in the dark, you know, <laughs> just silence. And at the end, you know, after a little pause, she's like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> you know, because as, as a poet, in poetry, you know, you always wanted to like refer back to something. And she was like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Right. Her. You're, you're out in the middle of the ocean flailing. <laughs> yeah. So this is uh, pinkies up, elbows down. It, of course, it's being it, it's not correct as far as like etiquette goes. Uh, although elbows down, you want to keep your elbows off the table, but pinkies up is wrong. Mm-hmm. But you know, it was just trying to be clever. <laughs> it was yeah. something that we workshopped last night in the dark in bed. And she likes uh, this one. She likes this one. Yeah, okay, she good. Approval good. To this in, in, when in doubt, we should follow Mary. In my opinion, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, she's legit. Like when it comes to like grammar and if everything. If there's a right. zombie apocalypse and I'm I happen to be at your place, I'm yeah. following Mary. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because if anything, your newsletter that comes out, the survival newsletter afterwards, <laughs> is going to be really well composed and we have a lot of good information on it. So <laughs> with me, you'll just get like you know just forwarding other articles. That's <laughs> what it is. Uh, the other thing, John, about this topic is it was sent in to us by one of our listeners, Jamie. Yes. And uh, Jamie has sent us a lot of interesting topic ideas. Uh, yes. She's the one that asked us about uh, sports and the whole sports thing. Wonderful episode. Yeah, which led to uh, football fans and football fools. Mm-hmm. Um, but a few weeks back, she sent me out a message in Facebook that said, what about dining etiquette to spork or not to spork? <laughs> so, so, so anyway, that is a great topic, uh, Jamie. So we're today we're going to look at um, we're going to look at table manners and the significance of table manners. This is excellent. I, I this is something I know very little about. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I was not raised with manners. I had to learn <laughs> them along the way. Oh, believe uh, me. I've eaten with you a lot. <laughs> I am terrible. Yeah. I just eat as fast as I can. Yeah. I guess because we didn't have a ton of money. And I don't know why, but I just wolf it down. I'm disgusting. Eat eat soup with your fingers. <laughs> just like just dip it in there and get them wet and suck it off. Uh and then also just a reminder, everybody, you know, if you have an idea for a topic, send it in to us. No. Yeah. Because yeah. we we uh will respond. We'll respond. Yes, I mean, we read everything. Yes, we do. Um, everything. Cr- yeah, and criticism. <laughs> criticism. We probably don't don't read as thoroughly. 
Uh, no, I hit but, delete as soon as I see that it's criticism. <laughs> I can't handle it. <laughs> but again, as we, as we mentioned before, we've been criticized by the best. We've been, <laughs> we've been shredded <laughs> by is. the best. Yes, we have. Jesus. Yeah. So don't, oh. it can't just be some adjectives. You got to put together a real argument of what we're doing wrong. So, yeah. uh, John, you've mentioned already that uh, you've worked in a lot of restaurants. Did you ever work as a waiter in a restaurant? Yes, I did. Yes. Yeah. I feel strongly that if everyone in the world worked as a waiter, it would be an yeah. entirely different planet because right. you really, really see humanity and, uh, <laughs> and, and, and just, oh my God, man, you give people any power at all. Yeah. And there's yeah. a wide swath of humanity that just turns into dicks. It's, it's <laughs> yeah. unreal. Yeah. Uh, but yes, I have <laughs> been a waiter. Uh, I, in fact, one of my waiting jobs was at a diner that was open 24 hours in Ooh. Chicago. And I worked mm. the graveyard. And oh, let me God. tell you, when those bars <laughs> closed, oh my God. Yeah. It was hit or miss, though. It was a little like being a 49er because uh, uh, they would come in and they would either screw up and tip you like over tip you like big time, <laughs> or there would be nothing and they would just vomit on the way out. Oh, so God. you never knew. You never knew what was going to happen. Uh, did you have to learn, like, did they, did they teach you how to serve people or proper etiquette when serving people, or did you just pick it up on the fly when you were there? Yeah, not really. No, this was not that kind of <laughs> I mean, you know, you don't want to have yeah. your thumb in their coffee when you sit it down or right, in right. their soup or, you know, things like that. But no, it was just, you just bust your butt, man, for yeah. eight hours. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, I I worked as a waiter. Uh, it, it, it was more like a busboy. It was like an underwaiter in like a fancy French restaurant. I remember City. those days. Yeah, <laughs> I did it for I for like two. But I was awful. I was horrible. I was like at the time. Let me just say, at the time, was probably the lowest part of my life. Uh, I was depressed, <laughs> suicidal, drunk out of my mind all the time, like twenty four hours a day. Yeah, uh, I was unkempt, disheveled. Uh, smelly and adversarial. <laughs> so it was probably probably not a good career choice for me at the time. Uh, you know what? You were still lovable, though. Somehow, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I was. I I loved you. Well, that's nice. Thank you. You're a good friend for sticking through <laughs> the bad times as well as the good. That's right. Uh, uh, but but honestly, you know, after like I say, two months, the restaurant and I kind of a- agreed, <laughs> agreed that this maybe wasn't the best best path for me, and uh, I went on to find greener pastures elsewhere. <laughs> so here I am, here I am. But you were uh, speaking French at that time, right? I I was, but no, none of the other waiters spoke French, and the wow. I was the only waiter that spoke French. Wow. Uh, the the chef was French, and he was like. He was a Napoleon expert. He loved Napoleon, which are two things that that I know. Yes. So it made it even worse that I was such a bad waiter. All the other waiters <laughs> thought, knew that I sucked, uh, but yet they they couldn't say anything to him because I would spend I would be in the bar after work with him drinking French beers, speaking French, and talking about Napoleon. Oh. So. <laughs> so. <laughs> So if that's not a reason to like learn a, a second language, I don't know what is. <laughs> you that's never know right. when it will come in handy. 
but but I'll agree with you that to be a good waiter is I, I have so much respect for good waiters uh, because it's an art and it's a skill. And there's so much stuff that you have to manage, like all oh. of the, like out in the front, you got to be really accommodating and really nice to people and, and give them a good time. And in the back, it's just chaos. It's yeah. just people screaming and yelling and dishes flying all over the place. It's a war zone to get your orders filled in time. Everybody, yeah. you know, <clears throat> yeah. Oh. God. And wet and it smells like there's Oof. wet in the smoke, everything and the dirty dishes and and to be able to do that well uh is like I say, I just have so much respect for it because true. It, yeah. It's true. Um, don't send things back and don't complain to your waiter and always tip them twenty percent. Yeah, at least. At least. At least. It's a hard job. It's a yeah. hard job. Just and just do it. Just yeah. do it. Doesn't seem fair though. Tips are supposed to be about how good a job. Yeah. No, no, they're not. Yeah. You're not yeah. in charge. Yeah. You're not the manager. Your job is just to pay, move that decimal point and double it and put that money and add it. <laughs> yeah. you don't, your job is not to look at the waiters and be like, you know what? I think this waiter only deserves 12%. Right. No, right. that's not your job. <laughs> I had one where my mom had a boyfriend out in uh, LA, out in Redondo Beach. And he would want to take us out to eat. And I'd always be like, oh, God, I don't want to go out to eat with him because I never know what he's going to tip. You know, he was one of those old, old Ugh. school guys who'd be like, I'm tipping on a dollar no matter what the bill Ugh. is. And, uh, and one time we did that and the waitress followed us out to the parking lot. <laughs> I had no idea he had done that. The and waiter finally snapped. I think it, yeah. every waiter's had that moment where it's like, seriously? Yeah. Seriously? Yeah. Yeah. You douche. Or at least if you, if you're, you know, tell me because I'd always make an excuse, like with my mom, I'd make an excuse and go back and throw more money on. Yeah. The that's what we would do. <laughs> uh, my wife's uh, grandfather would yeah. always, always bitch. I always said to her, he ate more spit than anybody I know because <laughs> he was such a jerk. Yeah. And we, I would hang back and just say, how much did he give you? And then I would make up the yeah. difference. Yeah. yeah. If if you don't want a tip, go to like a salad bar place, yeah. <laughs> like a soup plantation or something. You yeah, know what I mean? or, Just... or McDonald's. Yeah. Uh, how do you how do you feel about going to fancy restaurants? You like going to fancy restaurants, or do you? No, I don't. And and the reason I don't is because I'm just. I did so much cocaine in the '90s, I think, and I right, smoked. Right. I was I was I was right up there with you in terms of chain smoking <clears throat> and yeah. Um, I don't know if that's the cause, but I don't have a great sense of smell. Uh, really? yeah, I, 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 it, I, it, things need to be extra spicy or extra something for me to really, uh, taste things. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, so it's a waste. It's a waste. Yeah. And also I just have a deep hatred towards people who are too precious about things. <laughs> yeah. And I yeah. just can't take it just turns my stomach to see people churning the wine and putting their yeah, nose in yeah. the glass. I just can't I just get angry. It makes me angry and I don't know why and I know it's my hang up but it, I'm just like stop that. You just get fucked up like the rest of us. <laughs> yeah, just slosh it all in there together, you know. And and it's also because now that I'm sober 
you know, they, it's very expensive because the wines are the things that, you know, so, and they always want to, I went to a, uh, a friend of ours who's a foodie. Did I talk about this? Yeah. Yeah. You did talk about that, about all the money. 300 a person (laughs) at the end. And I was just like, fuck you. Yeah. Fuck you. Yeah. That's what, yeah. You're like, no, I drank water the whole night. Nothing's this good. (laughs) I've done heroin. That's worth the money. Uh, yeah, I feel the same way. Like I hate, <clears throat> I like going to fancy restaurant, but I hate it when it's so intimidating when you yeah. get in there and it's like, Oh God, you, you got to watch, you know, I, I don't know if I'm going to eat, use the right fork. I don't know yeah. if, what, what they're going to bring me. If I know how I'm going to eat it. it. It's like, to me, going out should be enjoyable. And if you're, if you have anxiety about your behavior when you're going out, <laughs> then we there's something wrong. We went to a really fancy place that was like hidden away and the waiter comes up afterwards and goes, I know it's, it's, it's illegal in uh, California. <laughs> Don't you know we have faux gras? Is that how you say it? Faux Foie gras. Faux gras. Yeah. And, um, and if you'd like some. And I'm like, What? Yeah. What the yeah. fuck? No. <laughs> I don't want that. It's illegal for a reason. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was just like, Egh. yeah. I, I thought know. you were going to tell him like he he had heroin or something. <laughs> no, like, that would have been nice. A little, yeah. uh, just or give me a little half inch line. <laughs> <laughs> what? What you're coming up to be secretive about that? You know, yeah. <laughs> give about me something I want. The goose, and then oh god. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was always the same with like opera and Shakespeare, I think. You know, it's mm-hmm. like people are always, they go see an opera because I work, you know, for the yes, Santa Fe do. Opera for a while. For those of and you they, just listening in, Mr. McRae has worked almost every <laughs> job there is. Yeah. And it all comes down to that same sort of discussion I had with the restaurant, which was like after about two months, it's like maybe... Maybe this isn't the career path for you. Yeah. <laughs> I move on. I move well, on. You're like a cynical socialist there. <laughs> it's the worst place for you. Yeah. You're like ready to set the place on fire with all the rich people in it. <laughs> but, but you know, it's the same with Shakespeare too. Like when people perform Shakespeare, like Americans perform Shakespeare, it's so precious. And yeah. you, you don't get any of the emotion because mm-hmm. everyone... They want to use uh, the Italians have a term like you have to handle them with with uh, tweezers, meaning you mm-hmm. have to like really somebody so sensitive. You have to handle them with tweezers. And, and that's the way I feel like people handle Shakespeare opera. In this it's like, you know, Shakespeare's the worst. I've done a little bit of Shakespeare. And what sucks yeah. is the audience knows, you know, those dickheads know all the lines. <laughs> so if you screw up, they, like, they know it. It's like a, I mean, <clears throat> it's an audience full of dramaturgs. Yeah, you know what I mean? yeah. And they, you you try to improvise something there, go oh. off book. They're like, oh god! And the in well, the you fourth look act, the audience, they're all mouthing it while you're doing it. <laughs> oh, <no>. it's, like, <laughs> it's horrible. It's like going to see uh, Greece or something. You know, everybody in the exactly. audience knows it. <laughs> yes. Oh. Uh, you know, but I I feel like you have to be able to. I, I had a French professor in college who at one time during a lecture on on Proust, on uh, Swan's Way in Proust, during the lecture, he, he was crying. And at the end of the lecture, he was yelling at us all, create, create, create. <laughs> <You know? laughs> 
<laughs> and we're all just like, you know, we're all like 18, 19 years old. So we're just ga- gathering up our notebooks and like, okay, man, whatever. You know? <laughs> I'm going to create, but first I'm going to go back to the dorm and take a good brew because <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm so hungover. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, at, at the time it's like, maybe I didn't appreciate, but now that I've gotten older, I, I kind of yeah. do realize where he yeah. was going with it. It's like, life is so short. Just, yeah. just enjoy it. Yeah. And and ex- you got to feel it all. You know yeah. what I mean? You got to feel it all. And no matter what happened, who cares? Who cares ultimately what happened? Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, uh, it's true. He, <laughs> he ultimately got reprimanded for uh, walking around on his hands and knees in the in the French department telling a, another professor how much he loved her. <laughs> so, <laughs> apparently, <laughs> oh, so apparently some people do care. Some people oh. do care. Yeah, <laughs> that's a that's an instance where you should stop creating. Yeah, yeah, it's like I get it, I appreciate it now, but it's like there's a, there is a limit to that. Uh, how about you've been traveling in in Europe a lot recently? Yes. Uh, how are you feeling about uh, high art and European art and culture? Do you like going to the museums or restaurants over there? Yeah, I I, I, I well, look, I'm a people watcher. That is mm-hmm. my favorite thing in the world. Yeah. Uh, my favorite place. I'm in Las Vegas right now. That's why I look like I'm in a, a cell <laughs> or something. I'm, I'm, I'm down in the basement yeah. of my brother's house. It's um, cheap too. Cheap. But people watching is cheap. <laughs> you can go out cheap, and just do it and anywhere. I'm just, it just hmm. does it for me. And my, yeah. my favorite place to uh, people watch is the Las Vegas airport. It is really? the, my number one favorite habitat. Yeah. Uh, because you see it all. You see people <laughs> leaving broke. You see high rollers coming in. You see yeah. um, uh, overweight tourists from all over. You see, it's yeah. amazing. Yeah. It's just amazing. Um, yeah. But yeah. So I. So so when I'm at a um, at a at a museum, I'm really about the other people at the museum. Interesting. To be honest. Yeah. 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 I mean, I That's enjoy. A- I love history. I love history. Yeah. So I love that. But. Uh, yeah, it's you know I I'm I'm super happy. That's the one thing I travel a lot, but I'm working, yeah, and I'm performing. So one of the things, is, so that's that makes it so great. It's the perfect way to learn about other cultures because I'm not going on all of these touristy things. Right, I'm just right. you know walking to the grocery store, and and yeah. I love that. I love that. That's cool. Uh, how about, I mean, do you, did you watch Downton Abbey? Did you get into yes, Downton Abbey? Loved it. Loved it. <laughs> resisted, resisted, saw it. Yeah. Loved yeah. it. Uh, yeah. I, I was, uh, people are really into Downton Abbey. I was into the, the first, I thought it was like a mini series. Yes. And so I watched that first series, the first season yeah. and I was Mary, it was over and, uh, I was like, oh, that was really good. That was kind of uplifting and stuff. And then Mary goes, oh, do you want to watch the second season? <laughs> I was like, what? What? <laughs> yeah. And like every, like every series, the second season always takes a big dive. And, the, yeah. and people always yeah. ask me about that. Why is the second season always bad? And that's because you put everything you had in season one and everybody's <laughs> exhausted. Yeah. That's what I think it was Steve Martin said that about uh, comedy, about stand up. He's like, of course, your first when you first come out, it's brilliant because you've spent 20 years working on right. that material. <laughs> and then the next time it's like, oh, come up with more. It's like, I don't have any more. Right. I used it all. That's why you see the difference between his first <laughs> album, Let's Get Small, and his second album, Comedy right. Is Not Pretty. 
Right. One was, was written in, in 15 years. One was written in like two weeks. <laughs> uh, remember, there was that guy, that congressman in 2015 who had his office redecorated at the Rayburn Congressional Building in D.C. And he the decorate. He says he didn't know what the decorator was going to do with it. But they they did his office in this old congressional office building. They did it to look like the dining room in Downton Abbey. No. <laughs> yeah. I, I somehow missed this. That's hilarious. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, it, and you know, it kind of reminds me, remember in Man with Two Brains, uh, yes. the Steve Martin movie? And yes. remember, he goes into the Dr. Frankenstein, Dr. Necessitor. He goes into his uh, his house, and it's in, it's in a condo, a modern condo building. But when you get inside his condo, it it's all decorated to look like a medieval castle. It's like that's what it reminds me of. It's like whoever the decorators <laughs> were, my hats off hmm. that you would yeah. torture career over a best <laughs> practical joke ever. I know, I, I know. That's and, great. Uh, and he eventually, I think he had to resign because there was all kinds of, you know, money issues with him. Well, like, yeah. If you're managing your life where somehow somebody hoodwinks you into turning your <laughs> office into Downton Abbey, you have no business. Yeah. Yeah. You know, these, that's are, the, these it. are the men and women who are making decisions for yeah, all of it. You know right. what I mean? That's a bad decision. <laughs> you made a bad decision. Uh, the other thing that I always find interesting is people always, when you watch it, you think you're going to be up there with, with the Duke or the Lord. <laughs> like you're going to be the one out there in the, in the dining room and not the one out back, like, you know, cleaning out the latrine or something. That's right. That's right. That's right. The, the, the fantasy to go back in time, you're always like, yeah. you're not only going back in time, but you're like one of the upper crust. You know? Yeah. And that's, you know, and, 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 and it's still the case. It's the top 1% yeah. and the rest of us have to clean out the latrine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I have a feeling in the past, there weren't many McCrays that were going to Downton Abbey. <laughs> you know what I mean? We were probably. <laughs> and if we did go to Downton Abbey, it was like to pick up garbage and haul it away from there or something. You know? <laughs> the Lears too. I just found out from my cousin. Yeah. who uh, kind of has been going back into the Lear tree, which is very difficult because our grandparents were both orphaned. Really? And, uh, yeah. Wow. And the, uh, and so he's gone back in the, and he did the, um, the DNA test. Yeah. And yeah. found out that we're, we're not German at all. Like really? we have very little German and Lear is a German name. Yeah. And, yeah. and we're, he says we're like 90% Irish Really? And we come from the O'Leary side and somebody along the way changed it to Lear. <laughs> oh, no, really? Yeah. Wow. That's wow. what he said. That's what he said. Wow. Yeah, I always thought I always thought Lear, like how it's spelled, has to be like German, right? And fancy, because <laughs> Lear means teacher, and you know, it yeah. turns yeah. out we're just Irish and you know, broke. How do you uh how do you like to pronounce your name? Do you like it Lear or do you like it Lair? Or how I do you... answer to all of it because it should be Lair, I think. Yeah. yeah. But for some reason, my hillbilly family, we all pronounce it Lear. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I, know. Uh, I remember one time when we were doing the comedic lectures. Yes. And remember there, the show, you would come out, the audience was in there. I'd already done my stuff. I'd sat yeah. down, the show would start. And as soon as you come out, there was an old guy that was like, oh, hell no, and got up and stormed out. 
And what <laughs> I was like, you hadn't even said anything yet. And what had happened from what I found out from the, the people that were out in the lobby is because he was complaining when he got out. He had read our ad and misread our ad and thought it said John Lar. He thought you were <laughs> Bert Lar's son, who he knew, who he had known back in Hollywood back in the days. And, and so he was expecting Bert Lar, I don't know, Bert Lar or Bert Lar's son to come out and talk about my dad, the lion, the cowardly Just lion. Just goes to show there, there's sometimes there's nothing you can do to entertain the audience. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. It's like <laughs> Just furious. Like, as soon as he saw you, furious, stormed out. That's hilarious. Uh, <laughs> okay, John. So let's get down to business here. We got a Super Bowl to watch. Yeah, we do. Uh, so the business of etiquette. In her book, The Rituals of Dinner, The Origins, Evolution, Eccentricities, and Meaning of Table Manners, Margaret Visser. And I'm just going to say, this is the best book that I found. If you're just looking, if you're into table manners and the history of table manners, this book has it all. So you'll she find that I'm quote yeah, I'm quoting this one a lot because she it was just laid out. It's so thorough and so great. It came out in That's 1991. High praise from Professor McRae. <laughs> yeah, high <laughs> right, praise. Right. Right. Uh, but she says that one of the reasons we have etiquette and manners is that manners pressure people to behave in a predictable fashion. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then that she says sense, because when yeah. we were back in the day you kill the woolly mammoth, everybody's jumping on it, and it becomes a war. And it's like, wait a yeah, minute, wait yeah. a minute. Let's set some ground rules. We're all going to eat. It's going to be okay. Yeah, yeah. Everybody calm down. Yeah. <laughs> it's just calm down. We're not going to go hungry here. And then she says, you know, when we all know what to do on a given occasion, say at a wedding or a death, we are all enabled by convention to interrelate to play our often preordained roles, just where having to make choices and think up scenarios would be most difficult and exhausting. Mm. So, so it's, it's almost, you know, I would say it's like improv. Like when people say like, why do you rehearse improv? Why do you come up with a structure for improv? It's improv. And it's like, well, no, the structure allows you to relax into what's going to happen Mm -hmm. and where it's running and then you can improvise and have fun as long as you know that that basic structure is there. Yes. It gives you, <clears throat> and it also gives you something to think about instead of how good am I doing right now? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Exactly. <clears throat> it distracts you. Yeah. And, and that's what, I mean, when I read that line of hers about what etiquette and manners is, that's what it is. It's that underlying structure that you know everything's not going to go too far out of control. You know you can always come back to that structure. And then you could just kind of relax and enjoy the evening or enjoy your time together. Um, I I remember I went to our friend Jeff's wedding when Jeff got married to Alexis. And Alexis is from Cebu uh, in the Philippines. And I was there for the wedding. And you know how... Here in America, the wedding we, was in the Philippines, by the way. Was right, in the, right. Yeah, you were there. Yeah. And we went you to- bought me a wonderful shirt that I still have. <laughs> yeah. So we went to uh, the cathedral where the wedding was going to be in Cebu. A huge cathedral from, I think, like the 1700s. But you know how in America we always have uh, the rehearsal dinner before a wedding? We always do the rehearsal and then it becomes a big thing. Like you have the rehearsal, then you go to the rehearsal dinner. Rehearsal kind of tells people everything, what they're going to do. They, d- they didn't have one. 
And so I was like, well, how are we, how am I? Basically, I was anxious about myself. I was like, right. how am I going to know what to do? Or why aren't we having a rehearsal? And it, their response, and Alexis' response was like, well, everybody here goes to so many weddings that we just know what to do. Right. <laughs> like, like they don't, don't need it. <laughs> right. They didn't, but they you, didn't count on <laughs> some, yeah. some goofball come rolling in. Right, right. Some guy glomming onto this, this event, you know. There's uh, so many rituals to weddings that are, when you dig down, are so interesting. Like, uh, you know, for Jewish weddings, they they sign the Jewish license the uh, before. Yeah. You go so you really you get married before the ceremony legally, really Jewish weddings, yeah, and uh, and and so and it takes so much pressure off because you're already married, (laughs) (laughs) and now you go out to the ceremony and you can be more relaxed, which is right in line with what you're saying, right? Right, right. You can screw it up out there. There's no way out. No No matter what happens out there, we're married. Uh, <laughs> you know, the other thing which is different for that wedding is, you know, usually when you get married here in the States, uh, there's like one wedding going on at, at, at a time in a church or a cathedral. No. And so I was, I was out front and all these people were coming up dressed up for a wedding. And so I was out front, like welcoming people and, and <laughs> saying hi and introducing myself and shaking hands. Uh, come to find out they were all there for the other weddings that were going on at the same time. <laughs> so I was greeting a bunch of strangers. You and I uh, are the same at wedding. We're like there to work. I know. I know. Like, what do you need? Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, yeah, I'm taking care of the groom. I'm taking care of the bride, make sure they're fed. I took care of stuff for you and Mary's weddings. I was at both of your weddings. Yeah. Yeah. But I worked at the uh, the one with Mary. I worked pretty hard. I remember doing. I had to get a keg or something. Wasn't I there something yeah. I had to do. I remember doing something like that. Anyway, and you had to pay fun. all the people. You had all the money, which was oh, right. Big, I had all the yeah. cash. <laughs> yeah, at the end, at the end, yeah, that was fun. I, that was a good yeah. wedding. That was a good wedding. That was mm-hmm. a fun wedding. You know, the thing is about what they should be like shows. They should be like performances, and well, it's all about the audience. It's all exactly. about exactly. I totally agree. There are two kinds of weddings. There are weddings where the bride and groom think it's it's about them, and yeah. there's weddings where the bride and groom realize you're everybody is coming there yeah. and you, you're it's about them. And yeah. boy, are they two distinct weddings. <laughs> We're gonna offer you guys a wedding in Italy. It'll be your vacation. Oh. Well, guess oh. what? I'd like to choose my own vacations. Yeah, yeah. Don't don't <laughs> have a vacation. For me. Yeah. It's not a yeah. vacation. Yeah. And for the people who are like, oh, it's my day. It's my perfect no, day. It's, it's not it's, your day. Yeah. It, no. And it won't be perfect. It won't be yeah, perfect. It I'll won't be perfect. You. And it's all of our day. We're all taking time <laughs> off to yeah. get suited up and come to this thing. Yeah. My day. <laughs> so again, John, uh, customary table manners, like we're talking about, allows you to kind of know what's expected. And mm-hmm. what you're supposed to do in these new situations. Love uh, that. And the other thing that etiquette and table manners do is they reassure the host that you aren't going to do anything crazy at their house. Yeah. <laughs> so, Interesting. You know, yeah. 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 If That's you know how freaks them out, if you do something that you're not doing table manners, it's like uh, the peer right. pressure. 
No, no, no. Don't do that. Don't stab your fork into the turkey and put it all on your table, on your plate. I mean, yeah. yeah. There's a reason for those. Not only for you to know what's expected of you so you can relax, but for the host to relax knowing that you're you're not going to go off book. (laughs) Go crazy. Uh, And Visser also says that etiquette is ritual, and it's a ritual that is an expression of solidarity. So when we all, our polite behavior, she says, is performed for the sake of other people and -hmm. for the sake of our relationship with other people. Mm. So again, this politeness or like staying true to whatever is expected of us in certain situations and certain, Mm -hmm. you know, what the manner says, it's us saying that since we're all doing it, we're all part of the same group. It's you expressing that you're, part of this group and you want right. to be part of this group. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, I understand that, you know, there's times where we don't want to do what society ex- expects of us. For example, during, you know, segregation or Jim Crow era, we, you know, it was right for um, African-American students to go do a sit-in, for example, when society said you couldn't go to a lunch counter mm-hmm. or something. But yeah. but what I'm talking about here, so I recognize that there are times where we want to go against what society's rules say, I think. Yes. <clears throat> change, is, change is good overall. Right. right. But what I'm talking about here is doing what's socially acceptable uh, when you're invited over to your friend's house <laughs> or when you're invited <laughs> to your cousin's wedding. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> It shows respect. It shows that you're being thoughtful. I get all right. of that. You know, right. I like that. I like that. Yeah. So an example would be like if you're excited, you know, invited over for a black tie dinner at somebody's house uh, and, you know, everyone else is wearing tuxedos and you you come in and you kick your shoes off or take your pants off and go, you know, just plop down at the head of the table. Wait a minute. Well, you're, Did you just say take your pants off? Who's <laughs> taking their pants off? I, I'm giving an example. You know Jesus. what I mean? I like to give like a, a, a clear example that we're, you know, people can understand what we're talking about. Okay, but neither of us has ever taken our pants off before sitting down at a table, have we? Uh, I mean, I can't think of Not at the black tie event. I don't yeah. Think. <laughs> <laughs> I may have done it at, at other events, I think. Yeah, you uh, know what? You're right. Taking your pants off and having a nice meal. <laughs> They could see if there's tablecloths, just make sure it's there's a poor, tablecloth. It's poor man's luxury. You know, you're like, I'm going to take it easy. Yeah. It's like in Passover where the Jews all, you're supposed to lie down while you eat to show that yeah. you're taking the day off. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, really? Yeah. You're supposed to be on a pillow. I was thinking about, you know, in uh, in the movies, people loved it. They, this is a great trope in the movies of like somebody who goes to a fancy dinner and then does something that's not expected. So like in Hair, remember Berger gets up on the table and he's singing yeah. in the musical Hair. Don't ask uh, me why <laughs> I'm yeah. such a hairy guy. Yeah. No more or else we'll have to pay for it. Oh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll blank that out when, when you <laughs> do your editing. You'll recite some uh, Edgar, my Edgar Allan Poe so or something. <laughs> Uh, my singing's so bad, it will not trip the copyright uh, equation. Yeah. 
Shazam doesn't pick that up. No. Uh-uh. <laughs> uh, and then remember in the Blues Brothers where Jake and Elle would go to that yeah. French restaurant and they do How the much same for thing. Your daughter? Right, right. <laughs> yeah, they're doing the same thing. It's like, but they're they're expressing in those situations that they're not part of the group, you know. Yeah. And yes, it's hilarious in in the movies, but it can be very uncomfortable in real life. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so uh and i would say here's the thing like anything Hmm. that's structured or uh dug in it gets taken too far you know it's it where it's not about showing i get that you're showing respect to the host i get that you're showing respect to your fellow people and that you know you're a part of rather than this you know outsider judging and 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 you know i get that yeah but then they take it too far you know (laughs) What's this well, work for again? Yeah, yeah. Um, I would say though, it's the same thing as if it it, it depends. You have to know the situation. You have to know the context yes. and what the manners are of the situation. So, if I were inviting somebody over for ribs and burn-ins and a Chiefs mm-hmm. game, oh, it would yeah. be yeah, that would be fantastic. <laughs> but but you could see where and they show up in a suit and tie. Mm-hmm. It would be the same thing. Like they haven't paid attention to what the rules are or the exactly. manners are in this situation. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. And so it goes well, both sir. ways. So it's not only yes, about it a fork. It's about, hey, you're coming over for a Chiefs game. <laughs> you're bringing yeah, everybody it's about up awareness. Time. It's about awareness and it's about extending yourself and it not being yeah. so selfish. It's about being, you know, yeah, right. I reading the room. Uh, yeah, yeah. Taking the time to look outside your own bullshit, you know, self. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. So, so I, I think you got it. I mean, so when somebody sends over something, say, "Oh, wear a jacket and tie" or something, and you're just like, "I've done it myself." I'm like, "Oh God, why do I have to wear a jacket and tie? I'm so uncomfortable. You know, why do I have to do this?" It's like, like you were saying, it's not about you. It's not right. about you. It's that your host has asked you to do it. Right. And everybody else is doing it. And if you want to be, if you want to express that you're part of this group, then you defer to what the host is doing. Yes. And, or what the host is asking. for you everything. To do. Like I have a friend who, you know, will bring up things that under the guise of t- being honest. Yeah. Yeah. Will bring up things at an occasion that that's j- all just about creating antagonism. He'll bring up politics. Oh. You know, yeah, yeah, and and he knows what he's doing, and it's just kind of it's just rude, you know. It's just like there's a time and a place, dude. Right. This is not your Facebook page. Yeah, and and it's interesting that most of these etiquette books for the last five hundred years usually say that at dinner bring up something enjoyable. Basically, dinner is supposed to be enjoyable. Yeah. And and it's not the time to bring up something that makes people uncomfortable because you're basically saying, I'm not a part of this group. Right. I don't want to be a part of this group. Yes. I don't care about your feelings. Oh, I like yeah. that. I like where this is going. This is sweet. <laughs> What's also interesting is uh, from an etymological standpoint, the word host and guest both come from the same Indo-European word. Mm. Hostess, G-H-O-S-T-I-S. G H O S T I S. Yeah, ghostess. They don't really know how it was pronounced since it was European, but it, it's right. definitely host, uh, guest come from the same word, which they both meant stranger. 
So mm. it had something to do with like a stranger coming to your house. Like this and ghost, G-H-O-S-T must be in there it, somewhere. It's the same one. A ghost is an uninvited uh, stranger in your house. Stranger. It's where it comes oh, from. Man. But you have where like hotel also comes from that etymological word for, for ghostess from the Indo-European word. Interesting. Uh, yeah. It's all, but, but the thing is there's, there's like a relationship. There's a, both host and guest have certain obligations yes. that, they're, that they're supposed to, you know, Well, follow. like we're talking about the wedding. I, hmm. You invited yeah. me to your wedding. I'm going to go to your wedding, even though you're having it in Singapore or yeah. whatever, or you're having yeah. it, you know. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, and, and the thing is, you know, like a host is at home and the host is giving. Mm-hmm. And the guest is away and the guest is receiving. But as a guest, you have no real say in what Visser says is you have no real say in how your your host is going to treat you. But while you're in another person's house, you're ceremonially passive. Yes. So you have to step back, even though you may have a better idea or you think that maybe that's not how you would do it. You have to step back. Listen, if our listeners can take one thing from this <laughs> podcast, it's that. This isn't yeah. about you. But, you know, I also get where all of this is coming from, or at least I'm, I'm guessing. You know, yeah. when, you're, when you've killed a wilderbeast or some yeah. sort of woolly mammoth, right? Right. And you guys all, and you've all worked together. You've got this thing, and but the, the person who's kind of, you know, bringing everyone together. Everybody's right. hangry, too. Like yeah, you haven't yeah. eaten. Like there's a tension going on there. And right, you've got to be right. at your best behavior in order not to like stab somebody in the throat, you know? <laughs> yeah, it could get out of control pretty quickly. Pretty quick. You know? Yeah. Especially because everybody's drinking usually. Like you think back to the Middle Ages, you know, there's wine flowing while they're cooking the thing. So everybody's yeah. wasted. Man. <laughs> they all had knives and daggers at that yeah. point. Yeah. Weapons yeah. everywhere. It's like everybody be cool. Yeah. Uh, and also, you know, it's scary having people over your head. Not scary, but it's it gives you anxiety when a bunch of people come to you, even if you know them. But just having huh. people come into your house, mm-hmm. into your own space as a host. Yes, you love being generous and love having people over. But it also, there's a lot of pressure and anxiety. Are they going? Oh, to my happy? God. My brother's, my brother's going through that right now. He's having a Super Bowl party today. Oh, is and he really? two of the guests are San Francisco 49er fans. Oh, oh. And so he's like, okay, well, how do I make them feel welcome? You know, how do I yeah, not yeah. make this? Because there's chief garb everywhere. Right, here. right. Well, well, that's the, it's the manners. Because, you know, you think about your brother has invited them. They're, they're under his protection. Yes. You know? And yeah. as even though it, it will get heated in the game, you know, and, and people will people don't really know how to be jokingly razzing people anymore. Sometimes yeah. it goes too far. Like, I, I don't think people understand yeah. just a friendly joke anymore. Yeah. Um, but the thing is, you have to keep in mind that they're under your brother's protection and they're your brother invited them. And so everybody yeah. has to be kind to them or friendly yes. to them or polite to them, you know? Yes. Uh. And, and the thing is, too, you know, I always think about you as a host. You're like, oh, I'm so worried about even though I know I'm are they going to go in my back bedroom? Are they going to get in a fight? Are they going to mm-hmm. break something? Mm-hmm. And, Clog and just my re- toilet. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> and if and if I said to everyone, well, when you come, please wear a tie and a jacket or a suit. 
and you show up and you're in your your bike shorts and your flip-flops or something, you've already said to me, you're not going to follow the rules here. You know yeah. what I mean? I don't think there's any situation where bike shorts and flip-flops are appropriate. <laughs> That's my extreme. I always go with the bike shorts and flip-flops. <laughs> I somebody I was say, talking to somebody recently. I was mentioning how what is it about you get a lot of like middle aged guys or old guys. You put bike shorts on them, and all of a sudden they they think they're Lance Armstrong. <laughs> you know, I know. They're like, they're like oh my god, we should sponsored. do a whole we should do a whole episode about bicyclists. <laughs> yeah. They need to reel it in. <laughs> yeah, it's they like, need look, to reel it in. You went down to the big five and bought some bike shorts. You know, it's not like you got a like being sponsored by you know, yeah. <laughs> FedEx. Or dial it back, everybody. Yeah. Where they all pull up to the cafe and they're click clock bike yeah, shoes, yeah. you know, and oh boy. Yeah. Everybody just it. take it down a notch. <laughs> what could we do? We should start uh just buy bowling shoes and start wearing those around everywhere. <laughs> bowling shoe and bowling glove. We just wear it everywhere. <laughs> Go into like a Starbucks and shove people around like, well, I'm going bowling later. You know what I mean? There's just nothing soft <laughs> about that those bicycle uniforms. And and they're, what yeah. they don't realize is we all have to look at you. Your package, <laughs> your yeah. butt. Your, yeah. It's just too yeah. much. Yeah. Put a robe on. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I'm writing that down. I'm I'm writing that down. Bike, bike yeah. culture. That's going on the list. We'll find it. Good. That. It'll come you, up again you somehow. In your little bike patch pack <laughs> on the back of your thing where you put your bottle, yeah. roll up a robe and stick it in there. <laughs> so that yeah. when you stop at the 7-Eleven or whatever, you put your robe on. Yeah, yeah. We don't, yeah, we don't it should be, it should be. It should be like getting out of a sauna or something. Yeah, you know what exactly. I mean? Just kind of cover up while you're on your way back to your room at the hotel. Oh. All right, John. So let's uh, move on. We'll just do some of the specific dining habits throughout history, which again, Visser's book is full of all kinds of good things. Uh, she quoted an anonymous English writer in 1834 who said, nothing indicates a well-bred man more than a proper mode of eating his dinner. A man may pass muster by dressing well and may sustain himself tolerably in conversation. But if he is not perfectly au fait, meaning accomplished, uh, dinner will betray him. <laughs> so, so isn't that? Oh God! I just, a chill just went up my spine on that one. So that's me. So he, yeah, even though you have a nice suit on, if you're over there eating your rolls right out of the basket, you know they're gonna yeah. know. Lear is not au fait. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> yeah. uh, the Roman writer Varro in the first century BCE said that diners should number. This is talking about the number of people you should have over. Should number no fewer than the graces, which was three, and no more than the muses, which was nine. Oh. So you should have three to nine. But one of the reasons they did that was, remember, Romans, wealthy Romans ate on couches laying down. Yes. <laughs> so you, could, you could only get at maximum like nine couches yeah, into a Roman diner. Yeah, couches cram into a... <laughs> That's great. Yeah. That must be uh, why the Jews laid down uh, for Passover, because it was probably, you know... A so Roman it, thing. It yeah, was a it probably Roman was. Thing. I was reading where around the Last Supper, for example... Uh, the traditional Jews would eat on the floor, like just a traditional meal, normal everyday meal. You would be on the floor, kind of like people in Arab cultures. Oh, my back. Yeah. But for 
high like feasts and stuff, they would do the Roman custom, which was laying down. So yeah. that's what you're talking about. So God. there's nothing yeah. better than laying down with some chips and salsa. <laughs> you know what I mean? With the bowls right on your chest and the bag of chips is within reach. Just shovel it right in. Oh. God, that's living. That's that living is right there. That is living. That is yeah. living. And back uh, in the day, a lit cigarette too. So you can oh, take yeah. a hit and smoke oh. from in between. Yeah, that don't life. F- don't fall asleep. Just make sure yeah, you don't fall asleep. <laughs> make sure you're not alone and don't fall asleep, whatever you do. Uh, Visser also notes that in the third century uh, of the common era, the there was a Roman emperor named Heliogabalus. And Heliogabalus was kind of an eccentric. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Helio. Hey, Helio. Oh, Helio. Heliogabalus. Apparently, that was his nickname. His his real name was like Marcus Aurelius something, but they Jesus. called him Heliogabalus. Who came up with that? I'm going to call him Helio. Why? I don't know. It's funny. Yeah. I think it'd be. I don't know what Gabalus is. Helio is Greek for for sun. So something sun sun sucker. So I don't know what sun it is. fart sun fart. <laughs> Uh, but he used to invite when he invited people over to eat. OK, so he would be the ninth. If you're inviting nine people, he would then invite all of his guests with the same uh, unique physical characteristics. So, so he, he apparently would invite eight bald men. And of course, he would be the ninth person, but all of his guests would be bald or eight or eight one eyed men or eight fat men. And he would I be love the ninth. this guy. <laughs> No, like a theme party. I know. It's, there's a part of it I like it, except when you show up. And if I ever show up at your house for a party, and there's all a bunch of like short, bald, bearded guys Listen, in glasses. That's what being an actor is. You show yeah. up for an audition, and it's eight people that look just like you. It's true, especially right. uh, especially for uh, 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 ads. You know, commercial yeah, yeah. auditions. Oh, that's hilarious. You're used to it, then. People you were just like you, and the one who can remember the lines the best gets it. <laughs> uh, there was another, Visser notes that, you know, throughout history, we've always wanted to uh, invite like a, an even number of people, preferably like same number of men, same number of women. Okay. And if somebody dropped out or one of their partners dropped out, it Uh-oh. really created a problem because yeah. you didn't have an even number at your table. So there were guys in 19th century Paris that were called catorziums, which were 14ths, okay? Uh, and the idea is that you didn't want to be stuck at a table with 13 people. So these guys would just get dressed up and wait around their house oh. every night between five and nine. <laughs> and if somebody needed a 14th to show up, you would send a message over to this guy and they would show up at your house. And What a great job. <laughs> That's like seat fillers at all those award shows. Yeah, yeah. Because you know all the Grammys, all those shows. There, there aren't the, those seats are half empty because people don't show up and people leave. <laughs> yeah, you know, like if you're nominated for best album and you didn't win, you leave. And so they have all these actors, yeah, people yeah. that come in and yeah. sit down and uh, and fill the seat. <laughs> yeah, that's what they're doing. That's what it's they're so doing. Amazing. That's great. I want to yeah, be what? that. I want that job. I just have to get in a tux every day. Yeah. Between Still five and there, nine. <laughs> reading a book. Okay. Yeah. Time to go to work. You know, it's like being a substitute teacher as well. Like, exactly. you, you know, you're just in the morning, you're just ready to go and just waiting for the phone to ring. It's like a uh, fireman. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, in the 1530s, the Dutch philosopher Erasmus wrote a book called A Handbook on Good Manners for Children. And mm. what Erasmus, he has a lot of good information there, but he said, and this is what we were talking about. He said, whilst dining, you should be cheerful, but not cheeky. Uh-huh. So <laughs> Boy, those are words to live by. Uh, I know. Yeah. Cheerful, not cheerful, cheeky. Cheerful, but not cheeky. Yeah. Uh, he also says that, you know, at dinner, nothing should be blurted out that might darken the cheerful tone. So that's yeah. what you're talking about. Yeah. 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 It's like, look, we know that politics, but we're all here just to have dinner and enjoy the time together. Save it. Save yeah. it for later. Yeah. You know? yeah. You're not solving anything tonight. <laughs> Save it for your Facebook page. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, he also said, and this seems obvious, uh, you shouldn't criticize the meal that the host has given you. Well, duh. <laughs> but, you know, people do do that. They make like yeah. like like uh, comments that are yeah. like, Jesus, what are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's a Wait. little dry. No, you yeah. don't. Shut up. Yeah. The host is already stressed out. Just enjoy it. You know, you're here just... for another couple hours. Just yeah. eat, the, eat the dry chicken and get the hell out. <laughs> Yeah, it's not going to ruin your life. I can guarantee you that. Another hour having eaten this dry chicken is not going to, not going to put you on a whole other trajectory in your life. Yeah. Uh, the other thing, he, he says some other things. He says, it's uncivilized to let your eyes roam about looking at what everyone else is eating. Mm. <laughs> so, mm. like, I'm how do you yeah. picture that? Yeah. yeah. Like, it's just kind of, oh, what did, what's John have over there? Uh huh. Oh, you didn't like the rice. Yeah. Huh. How do you feel uh, whenever you go to like a Chinese restaurant? Everyone, it, it, I like having my own meal. <laughs> I'm sorry. I like having my own food, my own plate. Well, and that, what, yeah. yeah. I think that's a result of your, of your upbringing. You, you, <laughs> you were with two older brothers who probably yeah. ate all your food because you yeah. were the young guy. Yeah. Uh, but no, I, you, Chinese food is to be shared. I mean, okay. anytime you go to a restaurant and there's a yeah. turntable, you know, I hate yeah. to tell you, yeah. you can't, <laughs> okay. your cashew chicken, you're going to have yeah. to give me some of that. <laughs> okay. But I get it. I, I get it. I've learned a lesson. I've learned a lesson. Yeah. <laughs> me, to improve my manners, I need to like not sit over there like I'm, you know, yeah. at, at a penitentiary or something, <laughs> just shoveling it into my mouth with my, my hand around my tray. <laughs> No wonder those dinners always end up awkward at Chinese restaurants. Uh, the other thing he notes, uh, licking a plate or dish which is sticky with sugar or something sweet is something cats do, not people. Yes. Yeah. But so here's the thing. It tastes so good. I love that. <laughs> yeah, lick the plate. You pick it oh. up. And like, ah, ah, anything, anything that's got sugar on it, I'm going to lick. <laughs> But when uh, you're around then, other people, you got to restrain yeah, yourself. Yeah. I get yeah. it. Okay. Do that I'm, I'm down that's with what, that. That's what cats do. That's, that's not what, what cats do. do. Yeah. That's kind of a backhand slap at cats, it I sure think. sure is. Because cats are kind of, I feel like cats eat very daintily. Yeah. Like dogs are, have bad manners. Cats have kind of good manners. Yeah. You know, yeah. And clean each other. They, they clean, clean up themselves. afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. This was interesting. He... Erasmus says, and, and I quote, also, make sure you don't bother the person sitting next to you with your feet. <laughs> so, mm. and, yeah. 
yeah. and under the table, I guess, you know, yeah. you're stretching. Well, there's and then a lot it, that happens under a table, you know. Yeah. And then he says to fidget around in your seat and to settle first on one buttock and then the next gives the impression that you are repeatedly farting or are trying to fart. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's tough, man. When you've got yeah. a fart that has it, what do you do? I mean, you if if I'm afraid, if I, there's certain farts where I know if I stand up, it's coming out. So I can't get to the bathroom <laughs> to fart. Oh, no. So you're, then you're like, well, you try to hold it. But if you try to hold it, then when ultimately when you don't, it's coming out yeah. with noise. Right, so the best right. way is the one cheek sneak, you know, and let it out <laughs> slowly and just hope. Oh, just try not to fidget when you're going with one buttock to the, the next. But yeah, but I but did read a, where if you yeah. have to do it, that you're supposed to disguise it with a cough. Oh, <laughs> good. Yes. I've, I've been there. Been there. Yeah. Just be sure you time it correctly. There's yeah, or laugh. Wait for everybody to laugh, and that's when you, yeah. you pop it out. <laughs> and then everybody knows as it comes around the table. You know what I mean? That's what's awful. But there's nothing worse that you start coughing, expecting it. Everyone looks at you because you're coughing. They think you're choking. <laughs> yeah. You finished. <laughs> That's true. Oh my god. Yeah. Well, the so worst you- the, the worst manners in the world are the people who you know do a number two. Yeah. Uh, at any <laughs> airplane before mm. you take off. Mm. Now yeah. that to me is right up there. I think you should, be, you know, that's yeah. capital punishment right there. Yeah, you could should post poop that. in the airport seriously. Yeah, yeah. before we oh. take off, <laughs> and there's always that guy. I, yeah, that's awful, and and everybody knows you because you walk down. Everybody there, knows you, know? you did it. Everybody yeah. hates you. They don't yeah. care. They don't care. That's there's that's, a lot that's of lack of manners on an airplane now. <laughs> yeah. It's a free-for-all. It's madness up there. Uh, Real quick, also, you know, about the belching during dinner to show, like, your respect to the the cook. You know, there's a lot of – I think that's a myth out there with also, like, raising your pinky of, like, well, you know, in some cultures Mm -hmm. – you're supposed to belch to show the the chef that you really enjoyed the meal. And and, and I was looking at an article – called Is It Appropriate to Burp in Other Countries by Thomas Devlin? And, and basically what he says, yeah, there's some cultures that allow you to, but you want to be sure that you know for certain what that culture is before you go and just start belching away in, in a meal in a foreign I country. I thought it was always like a um, like a pass if you accidentally burp. Like if you burp, you say, oh my God, yeah. I'm so sorry. And they'll say, no, right, it's right. fine. You're, it's fine. In some cultures... It means it's a good food. So, yeah, 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 yeah. That's what everybody it's like always says. Let a, a belcher off the hook if they accidentally <laughs> do it. And well, apparently he mentions a few, and I'm not going to bring them. If you want, go look at his article because I'm not going to bring them up. Yes, uh, but he only mentioned like three different examples of wow. cultures that that say, okay, that's a good thing to show the the chef and the host that you had a good time. And I'll give an example. I had some friends in France when I was going to school there, and they were going to Morocco on a trip. And all the Moroccans that we knew around that town that we lived in were telling them, belch away at, at the meal. It's a sign of uh, <laughs> it's a sign of respect. So they and, and they were practicing before they went. Like when we'd eat, they would belch before they went just to, so they knew how to belch on command. 
I know and how when this they got, <laughs> yeah, when they got back, they said they were down there belching away. And finally, like some Moroccans said, they were like, what are you doing? <laughs> and they were like, oh, we're showing respect. And he's like, we don't do that. So it was a practical joke. Awesome. All the, <laughs> That's a good a pra- one. That's yeah. a good one. I like that. That's like a time bomb practical joke. Yeah. You set it off and it goes off later. That's yeah. amazing. They, they said it was so embarrassing because all three of them were like belching away. At their- <laughs> <laughs> That's great. All right, John. So we'll move on quickly. Just we'll get to uh, choosing the right fork. Almost all etiquette books I looked at for this said, don't worry about choosing. It's not about etiquette's not about choosing the right fork manners. Yeah. You know, people get hung up on that. Yes. Uh, well, it's like the Bible. There's so much good stuff in the Bible. So much yeah. good stuff, and the and the and the and the and the um, the uh, uh, the thought behind yeah. what's in the yeah. Bible is so amazing. But then you get those people who are sticklers and take yeah. it too yeah. far, and that's yeah. where the trouble comes. And that's the same with uh, with, with manners. Yeah. yeah, with yeah. etiquette. Yeah. I, I will say though, what, from what everyone said, whether you're eating in like an English formal dinner setting or a French formal dinner setting or an uh, American formal dinner setting. There's like slight differences between each of those, but you'll always have your, your from the outside in outside in your first course. Yeah. Yeah. Your first course is going to be the fork on the farthest left is going to be for your first course and you'll work your way in with different courses and the same thing with your knife. Farthest right will be your first course, and then you'll work yourself way in. Which is so. makes total hmm. sense. Yeah. 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 So don't don't get hung up on it. And even if you use the wrong one, you know, as long as you're being polite and and and, and respectful and deferring to everyone else, they'll be really, you know, forgiving yeah. for you. And nothing dickheads <laughs> like more than telling you that you did it wrong and, and right. helping you. Uh, One thing, though, in her book, Modern Etiquette for a Better Life, Diane Gotsman says that once you pick up your eating utensils, they must not be placed back on the table. Oh, shit. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I think I'm Uh I'm guilty of that one. Well, what are you supposed to do with them? You leave them on the plate and then they take it away and bring them fresh? Yeah, or at least set it on the plate. And there's different ways that you can indicate, uh, and I'll put them on the website or on the Facebook. I'll take a photo of it. But how you place your fork and knife right it indicates whether or not you're still eating or right or whether you're finished don't pick up my plate i thought if you make an x right. that means leave right. my plate but if they're parallel yeah. it means take it away yeah that's what somebody it, told me it, well it's different for if it's in england america oh, or Jesus. or europe okay. <laughs> thank god for iphones yeah <laughs> Uh, and then forks, you know, forks took a while for people to start. We used to always eat with just our knives and our spoons and, and forks, you know, they first kind of, uh, documented use of a fork was in the 1100s. Really? And then, and then it wasn't until like the 1800s that people started using them on a regular basis. So it took like 700 years for, they're a good invention, but the best is chopsticks because you can do anything with chopsticks. Yeah, you really can, and it's uh, they're faster. Really, chopsticks yeah. are. I think the um, the Chinese word or the Mandarin word for chopsticks is like quai zi, which means like a fast fellow or something. 
Like the idea is that you can eat quickly with them and you keep your, you keep your fingers clean basically is what you're doing. Yeah. And once you Uh, get good at chopsticks, you you really, you don't go back. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, A couple other things in like a a formal uh, American or English place setting on the table. Usually the tines of the fork will be placed facing up. Okay. Okay, So that when you, when you lay it down. In a Parisian style formal place setting, the tines will be facing down. What? Towards the table. Yeah. The French always got to turn it around <laughs> on you. Yeah. And then finally, we get to how we actually eat with our knives and forks. And yeah, you've probably bro. seen this difference when you go to Europe. Yes. They, and, they turn the fork over and then put stuff mm, on it and then bring the fork up to their mouth. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. It's so, uh, I don't understand it. Well, back in the 20s, Emily Post, who was a, a manners and etiquette writer, mm-hmm. she used to call the American way of eating the zigzag way, meaning that you you hold your fork in your left hand, your knife in your right hand, you cut your piece of meat, and you set down your knife, and then you zigzag your fork over to the right hand, pick up the bite, take it, and then you do it again. It is stupid. <laughs> yeah. And up until, you know, I thought, well, people turning their forks over must have been around forever. It wasn't until up until the 1880s wow. that people started writing about this new English fashion about keeping your fork turned over in your left hand mm-hmm. and then just using that to present the food to your mouth. Yeah. So, so it's only from about the 1880s that we have the English manner of eating. I don't and, like it. It's too hard to get the stuff up there. I don't know. <laughs> well, I'm zigzag. I'm all zigzag. Are you zigzag? I, like, I've actually, I started doing that, you know, trying to be French. I was like the guy and breaking away, you know? Yeah. Uh, so I started doing that when I lived in Europe. And now, 40 years later, I'm still doing it. I still and you do like that. it. All right. Maybe I like I need, it. Yeah. yeah. Maybe I should set aside my, uh, my, my prejudice and give it a go. Well, there was a couple people, a couple reasons why they think, or the people who like that way like it better. And one is that they think you have less movement, for example, like you mm. don't have to switch it away. Right. And the More and the other way is it, you by taking just over when you turn it over and not using the the fork like a a spoon or a shovel <laughs> they say you take smaller bites so it becomes oh. more elegant when you're doing that okay but i like and then, big bites i want to get that <laughs> stuff in my mouth well yeah yeah it, well Visser notes that uh you know the other thing is like when you turn it over it's harder for you to shove it all the way down in your mouth yeah and Visser quotes uh, Charles Dickens when he traveled throughout America in the 1840s. Uh, he noticed that the Americans thrust the broad bladed knives and the two pronged forks further down their throats than I ever saw the same weapons go before, <laughs> except in the hands of a skilled juggler. <laughs> so apparently, like a sword swallower. Right, right. Apparently, yeah. Americans had. This reputation of like when we used a fork or a spoon or something, we really love to shove it down in there. That's what and- I do. I pile it <laughs> high and get it in there. Ugh, I'm terrible. All right. Yeah. All right, John. Well, I think we're coming to the end of our our discussion on manners. Hopefully, you'll use some of this at the Super Bowl party today. Well, yeah, I don't know. I'm going to, I don't know if that's the first place I should start. Cause I'm going to be, there's too much emotion. There's too much going right. on. I think, 
I, this is, I'm, this is more just about getting through this. I don't even enjoy yeah. the Super yeah. Bowl when the Chiefs yeah. are in it. I'm, I'm so worried and. Uh, yeah, I yeah. I, that's even. how I. When people want me to come to a Super Bowl, and I appreciate it. And there's, I like every. Sometimes I like going to a Super Bowl party when my team's not in there. But when my no. team's in there, there's a part no. of me that just wants to be at home, focus Alone, on the game, crying. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't want yeah. people to see me when I break down. You yeah. know, I can't control myself. I'm just like, no, nah! <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. They'll see you at your worst. You know, so what you're I mean? saying it's better manners for you to uh, not attend the the party when your team is in the in the Super Bowl. I think it just say beforehand to give a polite no. I've already I already have plans. Mm. Is better than to go there and be miserable and mm. do something that's going to offend my host and yes. the other guests. You know yes. what I mean? Yes. So last year when the Chiefs won the Super Bowl, I was at a friend's house. They had invited yeah. me and yeah. they were not a football fan. And I didn't realize mm. this. Uh, oh. And so it was the, 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 sh- the it was on without the volume. Right, and, right. Um, and they were all just kind of having appetizers and oh, talking about things yeah, other than football. Yeah. And I'm screaming and rolling around <laughs> on the ground. I was just a total yeah. idiot, but I couldn't, yeah. I, you know, I didn't know what to do. Yeah. No, it's not, to me, like we talked about on our football show, it's 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 the drama. It's improvised mm-hmm. drama. Yes. It's a reality real show. It's a reality yeah. show, and it's the finale of the reality show. Yeah. All right. So just in conclusion, though, Paul Morris, uh, in his book on etiquette, he quotes Lord Chesterfield in 1774, who said, a genteel manner prepossesses people in your favor, bends them towards you and makes them wish to like you. (laughs) So so if you want to know what's in it for me to be a good guest is like it makes people like you. It makes people like you if you're a good guest. It's, and it's, it's nice to let them know you're you appreciate it, and they and right. they like they that makes them feel good, and they like you, right? And yeah. it doesn't it doesn't take much. It doesn't no. take much to make a good impression at dinner, but like you mentioned already, just remember it's not all about you. For right. these couple hours, it's a back and forth between you and the host, but it's not all about you. So. I would say the 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 rudest thing. In, in in all 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 said, the rudest yeah. thing is is being late. To me, that's yeah. the that's the the most selfish. You know, like I right. just couldn't get it together, or yeah. the uh, being late with the excuse that it wasn't your fault. You know, like yeah. the traffic was <clears throat> crazy, and it's like no, the there yeah. are apps, yeah. and you know, you know, yeah. nobody. You should have planned. You knew yeah. that that was going yeah. to happen. Yeah. Yeah. You're doubly making me upset because you're you're, <laughs> you're not even taking responsibility yeah. for being late. Just most apologize. Of the, most of the things I read were um, in like America and England. Fifteen minutes, you could wait for somebody. Fifteen minutes, and then after that, you serve the meal. You know, that's and then great. after that, I love it's, that. it's it's on them. You yeah. know what I mean? So that's great. Love that. All right. Well, John, thanks for. Uh, for being here for this discussion. I really Mr. appreciate McCray, it. Thank you. <laughs> thank you for presenting this. I appreciated it very much. I, I like to think we were co-hosts. We were co-hosts oh. and yet 
But you made me feel like a guest. You made me feel like a guest. Oh, well, thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Uh, Thank you for listening, everybody. And thank you, Jamie, for this wonderful topic. I hope we answered some of your questions about it. Uh, We really. And this is human number two signing off. Uh, and this is with, with with all manners, with all deference. <laughs> and this is human number one. Thank you again. Be sure to check us out on Facebook and Instagram. And as always, if you have a topic that you think we should discuss, feel free to uh, to send it on over to us. Yeah. But thanks again, everybody. Love and you, John. Go, love you, everybody. Love you. Go Chiefs. Go Chiefs. And remember, <laughs> no fidgeting at the table. No fidgeting <laughs> at the table. Just do the one cheek sneak. <laughs> Don't go back and forth. Bye, Thanks. everybody. Love you guys. Love you. Bye. <laughs>